Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The disciples are a picture of you, a picture of me. They were still a work in progress. They were learning some lessons, and then they forgot some lessons. And some they couldn't grasp. They simply couldn't grasp that the Messiah was going to be killed. You know, there'll be confusion in your life, in mine. See, sometimes there's successes in our lives, and sometimes there's failure. This was a failure. Remind you of anybody? Reminds me of me. The reality of life is that there will be both good times and hard times. Today, Pastor Mark will use Christ's message to his disciples to inspire a message to us. Patience and contentment are a lot easier said than done. The same goes for trusting in the Lord. As we begin to understand that he's in control, it can help us in every walk of life. While we still have decisions to make and experience consequences, ultimately the Lord's plan will be accomplished regardless of us. How can you anticipate life's troubles with a mindset of rest? You can do so by knowing the God of the universe has everything under control. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with the conclusion of his message, Our God Provides. When they wake up, they recognize Jesus. But how do they know who Moses and Elijah are? Well, Moses stepped up. He had this heavenly name tag. My name is Moses. And Elijah come over. You know me as the fiery prophet, baby. Here's my name, Elijah. E-L-I-J-H. We don't know how they knew them. But they knew them. Maybe Jesus introduced them. We don't know. There wasn't a Facebook. Let's see. Oh, Jesus probably introduced them. So what does that say to you? This is huge. Anybody here in any of our campuses this morning had a a mom, a dad, a loved one, a child, a a relative, a close friend die. Anybody here as a Christian? Anybody here? Here's what you want to write this morning. This is the hope that only Christians have. Watch this. We will recognize one another in heaven. Could I hear an amen this morning? (laughs) Woo! I want to see my dad and my mom and my brother and a bunch of other people. You know, somebody said, we'll be surprised who's in heaven when we get there. A lot of people are going to be surprised you and I are in heaven when we get there. (laughs) But from the grace of God, amen? So this is the hope of a Christian. I say to my kids, my wife and I, when our kids were growing up, we say to this day, we don't care what you do for a living. We don't care where the kids, our grandkids go to school. We don't care about any of that stuff. We want them to do well. We want to have a nice home, all those kinds of stuff. The only thing we pray for is we'll see you and our grandkids in heaven one day. The rest doesn't matter. 
The rest doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Careful. Well, I don't come to church anymore. I got soccer in this day and a baseball over here and then over here. Careful. Wrong emphasis on the wrong things. Nothing matters but eternity. I can only take care of me. I can't take care of you. But I can inform you. And that's what Jesus is doing. There would be an urgency in the church because Peter and the disciples got it. And that's why one day Peter would say this. There's no name under heaven whereby a man can be saved, get to heaven, than the name Jesus Christ. He stood unashamed in front of the religious leaders, knew he'd be beaten and jailed. He could care less because of this experience. You see, all of a sudden, watch what happens in verse 33. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Jesus, Peter said to him, now, how many know, I, I want to see Peter in heaven. You know, I want to see Peter in heaven. I want to see how big his mouth is. <laughs> because, because he's always putting his foot in his mouth. You know what I mean? How many of you know how to put your foot in your mouth? Oh, I know how to put my foot in my mouth. Well, here comes another one. I, I'll paraphrase it for you. Basically, Peter says this in the next verse. Look at me. He says, it's Jesus. This is fantastic up here. Now, remember what Jesus had just told him. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be persecuted. They're going to persecute me. They're going to kill me. Then I'm going to heaven. I'm paying for your sins. And oh, by the way, Peter, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So Peter says, Jesus, this is a safe place. Let's just stay on the mountain. Uh, Let's build three condominiums. One for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for you. Wow, this is fantastic. And look at the end of this verse in your Bible. I think this is classic. Luke writes it. Look at the end of the verse. He did not know what he was saying. There's another whole sermon right there for an hour. If you don't know what you're saying, shut up. Don't say it. He says something stupid. You can see him. He means well. Let's just stay here. It's a safe place. I don't want to go back down to the real world. We're on the mountaintop. This is fantastic. Jesus, set up your kingdom right here. This is good. This is good. Right here. Right here. While he was speaking... A cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. The cloud was the presence of God. It was the Shekinah glory of God, of the visible way to see God and not yet see God. Very common in the Old Testament. When the temple, when they would offer sacrifices, the Shekinah glory would cover the temple, knowing that God was present with them. Remember what I said at the beginning of the service? God's present with us right here. You hold me now. This presence came in a visible way. And from this cloud, which represented God being there, look what he says in verse 35. And a voice from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I've chosen. Underline these three words. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The other two went back to heaven. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. See, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of the mountain to show them that he was not just the prophet, but he was God's son. He was deity. He was God. Lesson learned, Jesus is God's son. Now, Did Peter learn this lesson? 
Did he understand what this was about after this crazy statement? Let's stay here on the mountain. By the way, how many of you here would like to just live on the mountaintop all the time? I'd like to just live there. Everything's perfect, peaceful, whatever. How many know that ain't going to happen? Uh, we'll talk about the valleys in a moment. Did Peter learn this? Look at this. This is so powerful. Later, Peter writes an epistle. Look what he writes. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just stop right there. Some of you saying this morning, Pastor Mark, this is a stupid story. It isn't even real. God just spoke to you. Peter says, we're not making up this clever story. Now what are you going to do with it? When we were told about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we saw with our own eyes his majestic splendor with our own eyes we, when we, he received honor and glory. From God the Father, this is my son. Look at the rest. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him. And why was the mountain holy? Because God's presence was there. His presence is invoking this congregation in Melbourne and Vieira and Sebastian right now. God is in the house. He's holy. And we're not holy. But he's come to be with us. See the real you is spiritual. Peter couldn't forget that. God. Came. In person. To visit them. Well. Remember the words I asked you to underline. Listen to him. God was saying. Peter. He's fully man and fully God. Believe him. He's my son. Listen to him. He is God. Listen to him. He told you he's going to the cross. He is going to the cross. Listen to him. And listen to him. Peter, the reason for the internship, you're going to replace Jesus on the earth. And that's what he's saying to you and me this morning. We're Jesus on this earth. Every Christian, we've replaced Jesus. We've replaced the apostles. We replaced Martin Luther and all the other great people, Spurgeon and all those. We are the replacements to represent, to know God and make him known. That's what we are. So what did we learn from this? This is a huge principle. Following Jesus requires listening and obeying. Listen to him doesn't mean, oh, nice words. So what he's saying to the disciples, look, when you listen to him, what he tells you to do, do it. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Do it. Don't just listen to the words. Do it. Get right. Finish it up. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's nice. I like it. Makes a lot of sense to me. But I don't hear God's voice. Well, you've heard it this morning. It's through a five foot seven. 72-year-old, great-looking guy. (laughs) Do you know you've heard the voice of God this morning? You have it in your lap. He's been speaking to you the whole time. He's still here. His presence is here. This is all truth. Bet your life on it. It's the only stable bet in the world. The Word of God's living and active. Well... We all said we like to stay on the mountain, but it doesn't work. Look at verse 37. The next day, 
When they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he's my only child. I want you to write this down. You'll understand it as you write it down. Real life, real life is lived on the mountaintops. You'll see it in a moment. But realistically, where is real life lived? Tell me. In the valleys. Real life is lived on the mountaintops, but most of life is lived where? In the valleys. In the difficult times. In this room, at our campuses, online. Some of you this morning are on the mountaintop. Enjoy it. Some of you are in the valley. He's with you. And we're going to pray for that at the end because that's the way life is. Mountaintops, valleys. They've been enjoying the mountaintop. Everything's great. They come down to real life. Jesus said, no, 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 we don't live up here. I'm not, I'm not building a condominium and living up here. I came to meet people. Do you know that people are messy? Do you know that? We have all kinds of messes in our lives. And that's exactly what he was trying to say to them. Most of life has lived in the valley. Now, when you see that, What was the father trying to say? Look at verse 39. A spirit seizes him, my boy, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples, the other nine that were left below, to drive it out, but they could not. They'd prayed for this boy, but nothing changed. The book of Mark says... The spirit was robbing him of his speech. I asked the disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Do you know a lot of people, when you hear the things about the spirit here, demons, satanic, whatever, many people don't believe in the spiritual world. This is the real world. Satan's demon spiritual warfare is all part of life. We don't find a demon behind every bush, but it's a real part of life. And when I see that that father says, he he tries to steal what his voice is, what does Satan come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Exactly. And we see that everywhere. He's real. If you look at your headlines, can you see Satan behind the headlines? Oh my goodness. Now, what is Jesus going to say when nine of his disciples failed? Well, look at verse 41. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? And then Jesus simply says this, bring your son here. Why did these nine fail? I don't know. But we do know this. In chapter 9, at the beginning... Jesus brought all 12 together and said, I'm giving you, before we went to the cross, I'm giving you my power, God's ability, and I'm giving you the authority to use it. And they went out and, and they preached the gospel and people got saved. They touched people, they got healed, and they cast out demons. And they came back and said, wow, this is fantastic. This is the same nine, but now nothing. Why? I don't know. Let me give you a couple, three things. Because I thought about myself. The exact same thing. Maybe they lack faith. Perhaps they hadn't been praying and fasting. Maybe they forgot they had God's power and authority. But the one God spoke to me about is this one. Maybe they were trying to operate in their own wisdom and power. 
Oh, you, you brought your son to us? Yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus. No problem for me, baby. He said, Pastor Mark, they wouldn't think like that. You wait till next week. You know what they say to Jesus? Which one of us are the greatest? Don't make fun of them. We're the same. And I thought of myself. You see, if I'm here or any pastor is teaching anywhere, doesn't matter where, and they're teaching in their own ability, you should leave the church. Nothing's going to happen. God doesn't honor man's ability. And I ask God, help me, never to go through the motions in teaching. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And I need God's help every single time I teach. And by the way, you say, well, that was great for those disciples, but I'm a Christian. I don't have that power and authority. Matthew 28, go into all the world, great commission for every single person. And my power and authority is with you. You have, as a Christian this morning, the power and authority. Now, we're not running around carrying out demons all the time and stuff, but you have the power and authority from God. And most Christians want to live their life in their own ability. It doesn't work. So Jesus says, bring, bring the boy to me. Now, when we talk about this, I want you to write this down because maybe this is a challenge for you. The disciples are on this roller coaster. Sometimes they do really well and sometimes they fail. Look at this one. The need for faith and prayer to believe that Jesus, they had Jesus' power and authority. You have that ability to open your mouth and witness. You have that ability to share the love of God with people. When people accept Christ, you can say to them, your sins are forgiven. That's what the Bible says. Now, when that boy comes to Jesus, some of you are already thinking, and you'll see in a moment, that he just casts them out. But do you know that this is true? That every average person has that ability if God opens the door. Look at verse 42. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. Now, why would the demon do that? Did the demon know Jesus? Absolutely. He knew it was over. He was trying to continue in control. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the, read it with me at all of our campuses, at the greatness of God. Not the greatness of Jesus, not the greatness of the disciples, but the greatness of God. You serve a great God this morning. No name higher than the name of Jesus. And while everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered in the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it and they were even afraid to ask him. What does that simply mean? That brings it down to real life for you and me. The disciples are a picture of you, a picture of me. They were still a work in progress. They were learning some lessons, and then they forgot some lessons. And some they couldn't grasp. They simply couldn't grasp that the Messiah was going to be killed. You know, there'll be confusion in your life, in mine, 
See, sometimes there's successes in our lives. And sometimes there's failure. This was a failure. Remind you of anybody? Reminds me of me. Sometimes I have great faith. Sometimes I have little faith. How about you? See, and you'll see that Jesus doesn't dish him and say, okay, Father, that's enough. 12 new ones next week, please. I've had enough. Aren't you glad he hasn't said 12 new ones? Okay, amen. Here's what I want you to write. This is the whole crux of the teaching this weekend. Here's one right. Here it is. Remain teachable, even through failure. Remain teachable. It's okay. He knows we don't get it all the time. Listen to Jesus and follow him. Everybody here is a work in progress. There isn't anybody listening to me and Vieira, Sebastian online, on the commons, the cafeteria, the balcony. Nobody here is a, we're all a work in progress. He's a gracious God. He ministered to us. You may be on the mountaintop, but tomorrow could be the valley. I don't know. None of that changes the issue because our God is amazingly great. Now, in the Old Testament, remember we told you about the cloud was kind of a, the presence of God. I want you to see this amazing picture in the Old Testament. The children of Israel were freed from Egypt by Moses after 400 years of bondage. And they didn't know their way to the promised land. They didn't have Google Direct, Google Maps. Well, they didn't know how to get there. Moses didn't know how to get there. But look what God does. This is an amazing verse. Feel the presence of God as you even, as I read this. Exodus 13, 21. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud. And he provided light at night with the pillar of fire. So as they did life during the day, his presence, pillar of cloud. If they had to travel at night because of situations, his presence pillar of fire. Look at the outcome. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. See, God's presence was in front of the people. That's why we're called followers. We follow him. He knows where to go. He knows the end of the mountain that the valley's coming. He knows you that are in the valley and struggling. The end is coming. The mountain is coming. But look at the next. It's so powerful. He's in front of the people. Let me ask you a question this morning right now. It's in front of you. Say, Pastor Mark, if I could live in those days, that'd be fantastic. You live in a much better day. Because the minute you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit, the cloud, came to live inside of you. And sometimes we forget that. You have the very presence of God inside of you this morning. Life is not just about what we're doing, but who we're doing it with. Today we learned from Pastor Mark that there is no greater co-pilot for this life than God. Time and time again, he has provided. We serve a God who graciously gives his qualities to those who diligently seek him. Who is controlling your life today? Place your trust in the one with a proven record that will never fail you, never leave you, or forsake you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What is the role of the parents in a child's life, and what was God's ultimate intention for the home? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to take responsibility when it comes to the spiritual growth of their children. The Lord designed the home as the primary source of spiritual discipleship. He designed parents as the primary teachers of God's Word for their children. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving